back to the latest edition of Red Report. I am your host, Jake Summersheim, and for once, I do not have my co-host, Jake Fogel, with me. Um, I have one of our sports reporters, uh, Matt Petrovich. Matt, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Uh, good. He's filling in for Fogel, who is unfortunately out due to some unforeseen circumstances. Uh, his lockdown defense kind of uh, wasn't so locked down. Sorry, buddy. Um, anyway, we still got plenty of sports. Um, first, I'm going to play an interview that I did about two weeks ago with uh, Missouri Valley Commissioner Doug Elgin. And now we have our guest on the Red Bull Report, Doug Elgin. How's it going? Well, very well, Jake. Glad to be on your, your podcast. Uh, um, Doug has just recently announced his intent re- to retire at the end of the year. For those of you who don't know, he has been the Missouri Valley Conference Commissioner for over 30 years. In, indeed, I have. And it's been a great, exciting run for me uh, working for the Missouri Valley Conference uh, understanding that 33 years is a very long time to work in any job. Uh, I've been proud to be a part of the great history and tradition of the league and, and certainly uh, have had a, a, just a wonderful experience with the league. Yeah, You are the longest reigning commissioner, actually, in the NCAA right now. What about the NVC made you want to stick around for so long? Well, I thought it was a really, really good fit. I came from a, a background where I was a sports information director for 10 years I was at the University of Virginia when we had a three-time National Player of the Year in Ralph Sampson. That's in an era when Michael Jordan played at North Carolina. And I got a job working for another conference, the Sunbelt Conference, based in Tampa. Uh, and when I came to this, this opportunity in an interview, I really thought it was a really good match for my skill set and my, my background and experience. And it's, it's just been really a tremendous fit. And uh, certainly, I can look at a lot of accomplishments that our staff and our conference member institutions have done competitively. Uh, I've been very blessed to be in the position and, and feel very uh, gratified to have the kind of run that I've had. Uh, um, over the 30 years, what do you think is the most is the best thing you've done in your time? Well, that's a good question. I think um, among the achievements that, that have taken place since I've been here, I think establish, establishing our tournament in St. Louis, bringing Arch Madness, making it March, Arch Madness by bringing it to St. Louis, I think that did an awful lot uh, to strengthen our brand. Uh, last year, we celebrated our 30th year of Arch Madness here, and it's the second longest run neutral site tournament for any postseason, uh, postseason conference tournament for any conference in the country. 30 years here, the, only the Big East that has, has had a longer consecutive run uh, at a neutral site, and they've been at Madison Square Garden for almost 40 straight years. What about St. Louis uh, made you think it was such a perfect place to host uh, the NBC tournament? Well, first of all, it's central to our footprint. We've got uh, we're close we're close to the center of our of our regional uh, distribution of schools. Uh, our staff lives here, so that made it a lot easier. And we had connections already with corporate St. Louis. Uh, and not only that, but the the opportunity to bring that tournament here gave our staff the experience uh, to to bring NCAA tournaments here. And I think that's been very very uh, important to the league. We've had three Final Fours here, two women's and one men's, and the Missouri Valley has been the host conference for those. We've had 10 other NCAA men's basketball tournaments here in St. Louis, 
And when you look at the economic impact of those events alone, you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars that have been pumped into the St. Louis region as a result of us bringing our 30 events here plus 13 in state tournament events. Um, this year's tournament was a really interesting one because it was one of the last, it was one of the only tournaments that got in. Um, looking back on it, what, is, what do you think of the tournament now that it was just, um, you know, right before quarantine happened and everything changed? Well, I think we were fortunate. Um, just barely got the tournament in before the two NBA players on the same team tested positive. And once that happened, you saw the major events cancel like dominoes falling. You know, you had, you had basically college tournaments that were canceling. NBA suspended their season. Uh, we were in Moline at the time that the NCAA announced that they were going to cancel March Madness. So we had to basically go out onto the floor. I think Illinois State was actually practicing at the time and tell them that we were postponing our, our, our tournament. What was the immediate aftermath like finding out that everything was happening and that the tournament would be canceled when teams were already there and practicing? Oh, it was, it was terrible. I um, can't remember a more disappointing moment in my time here than to have that happen. Uh, fan bases were already in town. Uh, the teams had arrived or were on their way to, to play on the next day. And uh, it, was, it was terrible. And, and to, to, to understand that we weren't going to have March Madness at that point in time, it, it, was, um, it certainly was a tough time for all, everybody in college athletics and uh, what we focus on now is what we can do to safely conduct uh, basketball, men's and women's basketball this year, and that's coming up, and we're, we're doing all that we can to prepare for that. You certainly picked an interesting year to have your, uh, your final year. <laughs> I, I, I did. It wasn't planned this way, but – but certainly, uh, I, I really feel that it's important to, to be here this, at this moment, uh, looking ahead. And I know there are a lot of tough decisions that we have to make yet. Uh, but again, we're, we're preparing for not only uh, rolling out our men's and women's basketball seasons, but looking ahead to the fall sports that were, that were postponed that will be conducted in the spring. And what we really have to try to do is, is do that safely, uh, health and safety of our student athletes and everyone connected, including their own families, are, are um, important. That's a, that's a priority for our league, and we're going to do what we can to, to be prepared. Um, I, I bet you never expected that your last year would be navigating a spring football season. Uh, what do you expect for seeing football in the spring this year and all these other fall sports in the spring? Well, it's going to be difficult. I don't have any role in the football conference, and that's Patty Viverito, who's a 38-year-old, a 38-year veteran, rather, of uh, serving our institutions. Uh, previously, the Gateway Conference had women's sports and football, and we merged the, the women's sports with the men in the Missouri Valley Conference in 1992. So I think, I think she and her staff, which is obviously embedded in the Missouri Valley staff here in St. Louis, they're looking to conduct their, their, uh, their schedule. Uh, it's going to be a little odd for everybody, and you're going to see other conferences across the country having spring football. Uh, we're, our only hope is that we're in a position as a society and as an industry to conduct those football uh, games. And you, you consider that we're going to have volleyball, 
men's and women's soccer and our, our uh, basketball going on at the same time, that's going to put a lot of pressure on our campuses to, to run those events and to play their role in, in televising some of those events. Yeah. Um, obviously, with the plan for winter sports to go forward, what was the, the planning process like after canceling fall sports and, uh, and then going ahead with winter sports? What was like the thought process there? Well, we knew that there was going to be a lot of uh, certainly a busy calendar in the spring. And our, our staff did an amazing job in trying to come up with the rescheduling of those events, um, trying to avoid weekends where you might have volleyball, men's soccer, uh, and a men's and women's basketball game on, a, on the same weekend, trying to spread it out, if you will. Uh, but it, it's, it's really um, it, the tonnage of other issues that we're facing, uh, you know, COVID testing, uh, how we're going to handle the officiating for these, for these events, all of the events, every sport event, uh, in terms of testing of officials, um, a lot of complications, but I, I do think that uh, we, we've been patient in trying to make the decisions uh, as late as we can in, in terms of being as prepared as we can to deal with the virus and all of the, uh, all of the health aspects of, of conducting Athletic competition. Excuse me. Um, you know, today there's news at ISU that uh, athletic director Larry Lyons was planning on retiring. Um, what kind of like business relationship do you have with Lyons, and uh, what do you think about his retirement? Well, we both started uh, at our respective positions. Uh, he was not the athletic director yet, but we both started 33 years ago. Uh, and I have the utmost respect for what Larry has accomplished in his 30-plus years at, at Illinois State. Uh, he's generally been considered, I think, as one of the leaders of our conference uh, through his years as AD. Um, we've had over 55 athletic directors at our 13 institutions. We've had three departures. 13 institutions uh, in 30-plus years, 55 athletic directors serving in those institutions and I think everybody on our staff would say, would agree that he's been one of the top, you know, one of the top five ADs we've had in our league. He's got so many strengths as an administrator. Uh, I, I think he's just a, a, a high character individual who has a lot of respect from everyone he's worked with in, in our conference. And uh, I, I think the best of him. And, and I think as you look forward to his retirement in December, uh, we wish him well. Something that stood out to me about what you just said was uh, you've only had three departures in the last 13 years? Uh, no, we've only had um, three departures of institutions in those 33 years. Oh, oh uh, you know, okay. Tulsa, Evans, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Tulsa, um, Creighton, and Wichita State left our membership. So altogether, we've had 13 institutions and a total of 55 athletics directors who have served over that period of time. So we really believe that he's one of the very best of athletic directors that we've had. He's always had the best interests of his coaches and student athletes uh, as a priority in leading the ISU athletics program. And, and he's certainly been invested and has spent really half of his life at, uh, at that institution as an athletic administrator. Now I want to move on to your retirement. Uh, was it has it been the plan for a couple of years that this year be your last year? Or did you just see that COVID nineteen? You're like, ooh, I should get out of this before it gets too messy. 
<laughs> Excuse me. Um, well, I think I've been looking, you know, I'll be, I'll be 70 in February, so I'm not a spring chicken anymore, obviously. But I, I've been thinking about it for probably five or six years. Uh, I informed our President's Council two years ago that I was planning on retiring. And this, this is going to give the President's Council smooth transition into the hiring, the search and hiring process for the, my successor. And um, I'm going to leave with a, with a lot of pride in what we've accomplished. And <clears throat> I really believe that the better, better days are ahead for our, for our conference. Uh, <clears throat> you know, considering the strength of the, the people that are coaching and student athletes who are competing in our league. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, any big plans for retirement? Uh, not, not as of yet. I want to try to get involved with a with a not for profit where I feel I can make a difference, <clears throat> either a food bank or a YMCA or something like that, where I can really get get involved and 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 try to try to bring some change and some improvements to our society and to whatever organization I work with. Um, I think that's all the questions I have for you. Thanks for coming on the Redbird Report. Thank you very much for having me on, Jake. Um, and that was Doug Elgin. Thanks, Doug, for uh, the great interview. Um, but now we got plenty of Missouri Valley sports to talk about, or should I say ISU sports. Um, since the last time we had a uh, Ribber Report, Illinois State men's basketball and women's basketball schedule has come out. Uh, Non-conference has not come out, which is weird. Um, they've said this is the first year that conference has ever come out before non-conference. Uh, men start on December 30th at Evansville. The team, they got their one road win against last year. And then women's basketball, I believe they start the 31st. It would help if I went to the schedule instead of the roster. They do. They started the 31st at Redbird Arena at UNI. Um, yeah, what do, you, what do you expect from the men's and women's teams this year, Matt? I just expect them to compete like they were doing uh, last season. they got to come out stronger, though. They have a lot of anticipation building with this, you know, everything getting pushed back to spring season. Just they got to come out and basically just fight and try to win some ball games. Yeah, um, you had the chance to cover uh, women's basketball a little bit at the end of the year last year. Uh, do you think their number five ranking in the preseason poll was fair? Towards the end of the season, they showed more fight. You, you got it. If that's what they're going off of, which it seems like they are, I mean, I, I think that's fair. They're going to have to prove themselves throughout the season. Yeah. They were around the third or fourth team throughout the year last year, so I feel like five is pretty fair, especially with some losses. Uh, Mids basketball didn't fare so well. They ranked ninth in the preseason poll, which is not surprising to me at all. They had a terrible year last year, if you would remember. Um, booted from from the Missouri Valley Conference on Thursday. I think they only won 12 games or something like that. Yeah, it was like that, it. yeah. 10-21, um, just a ninth ranked is fair. They'll probably be above Evansville again just because Evansville is bad. Actually, bold take will probably be lower than Evansville. You think? Yeah, because Evansville actually looked pretty good last year until they got rid of their coach. Remember? Do you remember that happening? Yeah, okay, okay. They fired their coach, like, right around when conference started, and then they didn't win another game the whole year, I'm pretty sure. Okay, okay. I, I won't go on the opposite. I'd say we'll be better. We'll be better. Maybe. Yeah, a little, um, little positivity here. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. ISU has gotten some um, 
some good recruits, some good height. I don't know how they are defensively from what Fogel's told me. Sounds like Alex Kotov might be not be the greatest defender or rebounder yet, but um, we'll see. They just started practicing again, which is great to see. We're we're like a month away from having sports back. So you got to be excited about it. I, you got to be. Um, November 25th, that's when NCAA basketball is supposed to return. We're, we're a month and five days. I couldn't be more excited. No, this is going to be a great time for everyone. I'm I'm thrilled. Yeah, um, Alex will be out there covering something uh, for the vedette, of course. What else we got? What else we got to talk about? Oh, football has begun scrimmaging. They've been practicing since uh, middle of September, and they've, they're almost done. They only have two more practices. They had their um, third to final one today. Their second to final one tomorrow and their last one tomorrow. I don't know if that's how I should say that, but they're, they're wrapping up here. So. Yeah, they're wrapping yeah, they're, up. They're wrapping up. They're here. wrapping up. They're looking kind of bad, to be honest. Their offense looks terrible. Um, Brady Davis is not a good option. He threw for like twenty-one yards this weekend um, on four of eleven passing, I believe. 23 yards on 5 of 14 passing, and he threw um, another interception to his own team. He got sacked like three times. What do you think, Matt? Do you think Brady Davis should be the starter at ISU still? Uh, I think it's just – I mean, he's trying to make a comeback, right? He's yeah, he is trying to make a he's comeback. He's trying to make a comeback. He's trying to knock off the rust. I don't know. I'm more of a win and doubt, run the ball. Yeah, that's fair. Run the ball. Um, that's what ISU has been known to be good at. So, if we can run the ball, um, ISU will be good this year. Defense will probably continue to be good. They obviously carried us last year. Um, John Ridgeway um, is probably going to be the leader on that team. I would say he's first of all, he's really mouthy in practice. Have you ever um, really? Yeah. Have you ever been to like a, a game and been close enough to like hear them yelling at each other? No, I haven't. Uh, he he yells a lot anyway during games, but during practices he screams at everyone. Do you like that? Yeah, I love I, I kind of love awesome. that. Yeah, yeah I, I, love, that. I love when players chirp at each other, especially during practices, because like it's not that deep, but they're still getting like so mad about it. I love. Yeah, I love that. You that's the intensity of the game. How could you not love that? No, I love John Ridgway. He's probably gonna be an NFL player one day. He's so he's pretty talented for for a, a Bloomington kid for someone. Um, from a non-historically great football town. Yeah. You got to love that story. Yeah. Absolutely. From Bloomington, goes to ISU, has a chance to make the NFL. Um, Small town hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I basically had one more note about the football team. Offensive line looked really bad on Saturday. Like, disastrously bad. They gave up 10 sacks. Or 14 sacks on the total on the on the two scrimmages, 10 on the first one, four last week. Um, there were four, there was four times the ball was snapped and it went past the quarterback or it was a, like a bad snap. That's not a good look for ISU centers. What is that, a timing thing? I mean, timing thing, communication thing, maybe like a snap count thing, like they had the snap count they, off. They got to fix it. Yeah, it's just. It's it's just simple stuff. Absolutely, um, but yeah. they you know it's weird. They haven't been able to really play in the, over a year. Um, 
Mm. Well, you don't want to know a nice thing about them not being able to play over a year? What's that? It gets really chippy at practice. They hit each other. <laughs> yeah. That, that, yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> they, they got to get ready like, for that game. Man. Yeah, they're just like, we have nothing else to do, so we're just going to hit each other as much as we want. Let's just hit each other and not be teammates for the next two hours. <laughs> um, well, I think that's all we got for this edition of the Ripper Report. Um, make sure you follow it all, news and sports at thevedetteonline.com. Make sure you follow the at the vedette um, on Twitter at the the underscore the vedette and then the sports at vedette underscore sports. Follow me at Jake Summersheim on Twitter. Matt, what's your Twitter? Matt underscore Petrovich. Yeah. Um, what we'll basketball soon? Less than a month. Can't no, wait. A little bit over a month. Sorry. Um, can't wait. Matt's excited. He's jumping for joy. I'm doing jumping jacks, I, you know, I, I'm going to do a flip here. Yeah, stay hot, birds. <laughs>